Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 255, Whose Thoughts Are They? A question from a listener. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey there, welcome back to Changeable. In today's episode, I want to talk through a question that was sent to me from Linda. So I'll read Linda's question. She says, Hi, Amy. I'm sorry if you've answered this a thousand times, but I'm still confused. I just listened to your latest podcast about your story of how my habit ended, and I relate to all of it. That could have been me you were talking about, but I'm still confused about how your thinking is not you. It's not personal. How can this be? Whose thoughts are they? I see that there's the witness me who sees everything about me and just is, and who watches my thoughts but the thoughts still feel like me too. Okay, I love this question, Linda. And I love really, like you're right there. I love what you're seeing in that last little bit about how it feels like there's a witness, in a sense, that sees you and your thoughts. You know, there's a a witness that sees Linda thinking over here. And who is that? Who or what is that witness? But then also the Linda who's thinking, who's being witnessed and being seen also very much feels like you. Of course it does. So, um, so that's brilliant. So, so let's look at this a few different ways. I think it's tempting to just talk about this and, and that can be helpful to, a, to an extent. Um, so there's an intellectual way to kind of look at this and we can do a little bit of that. But that's no substitute for like really experientially looking at this and trying to get a feel for exactly what you ask, like whose thoughts are they? Who is the thinker here? Who is the witness here? What is thought, what what is thought even made of? What is this witness and thinker? What are they even made of? These are very weird questions that the mind will totally want to just either give a give a learned answer to or it'll just kind of feel blank or like your head is exploding sometimes and and it's very very easy to look away from these questions and um, all kinds of all kinds of stuff happens who knows they can be extremely intriguing they can be very frustrating they can just you can come up blank and feel like oh this is pointless who knows but those are the questions to really truly experientially inquire into this at a level that is beyond conceptual. Um, that, that's so important, I think. Um, so it looks to me like there's sensory information and there's thought. And, and I don't mean those in a, like there's sensory information over here and thought, but if we're like, it's all together. If we're looking at what experiences made of. Now, and this is not perfect either at all. I'm I'm speaking in concepts even as I say this, but just see if you can get a feel for the general direction of this and see what resonates with you. There's hearing, there's seeing, there's smelling, tasting, feeling, and thinking. And we're very, very familiar with all of those, but 
we tend to be very identified with the thinking sense. But if we look at it in this way, where thinking is just another sense, you know, we don't think we are what we see because what we see appears to be seen by me and it's out there. You know, even when we see our hand or our leg or something, we might say that's my hand or my leg. Still, there's a sense of a me looking at this body part, maybe calling it mine, but there's a, a solid sense of I'm, I'm someone that we can't really figure out <laughs> who or where that is, but there's a me, there's a sense of a me somewhere. And then there's everything else that's being seen or everything else that's being smelled. Like that's a good example. You don't smell pizza cooking and think I'm pizza. You, you think I'm me and I'm smelling pizza. There's a very clear separation. Um, same with the other senses in a way, you know, to greater or lesser degree. We don't think we are what we, you know, the, the feel of a blanket on our, on our legs. Like we just don't, we don't think of it that way, which is important to, to see. <laughs> we don't think of it that way. So there are clear separations. Our thinking creates these separations that say, I'm me and I feel a blanket on my leg and I smell the smell of pizza cooking or whatever. So that all seems like just what it is. There's a me. Again, now this doesn't speak to the question of who and where is this me that's smelling and seeing and hearing and tasting, but there's a sense of, it seems like, we can say it that way, it seems like there's a me somewhere who's taking in all this sensory information. Now, sometimes it also seems like there's a me who's thinking, meaning sometimes thought is showing up and we're like, wow, look at my mind right now. Or, you know, gosh, look at look at how much my mind is is ruminating on this thing or worrying or replaying or fantasizing. So just like we might be like, wow, I can really smell the smell of that pizza and feel the feel of this blanket. Sometimes we we might have a similar experience. There might be a similar experience with thought where it's like, I'm a me somewhere, don't know who or what I am, but there's some something that seems like a me that's thinking right now, that's experiencing thought right now. Other times though, maybe most of the time, that line isn't quite so clear. It doesn't necessarily feel like I'm a me thinking. It might just feel like I'm a me. And it, like the line between the I'm a me and the thinking, it gets a little fuzzy. There's so much thought that is so identified with and has been for so long that it doesn't look like thought. I hope that makes sense. Like sometimes we know, oh, there's a thought. We can see it and that's very easy to do. And a lot of times that's just not happening. Either our attention just isn't on seeing it as a thought or it just, it just looks like truth. We don't really have a real sense in general of how much thought is showing up for the most part because we just have been so identified with this sense, this stream of thought, no different than sight or vision or, or uh, sight and vision are the same thing smell or touch or any other sense, except that thought is narrative and it's been saying I and me forever. So when your mind, when thought is showing up, your mind in quotes, which is really just another way of saying thought, there is no mind. You don't have a mind. There is no you to have a mind. I mean, where where is the you who even has a mind and what is a mind? It's all conceptual. 
but it's a way of talking about when thought shows up, the content of that thought it tends to be, not always, but a lot of it is very narrative. It's talking about I'm late or I'm early or here's how I feel or here's what I'm doing right now or look at that squirrel running around out there. It's about 50 feet away from me. It's all relative. It's all relational. And there's a constant I, me in this thought stream. So, and and there has been since you were like two. So for all the years you've been alive, minus two, this narrative has been saying I and me. Now, so it's referring back to a you that is the thinker, apparently, you know, a you that is separate from the rest of life that is thinking about life. That gets to be pretty habitual, obviously, and very like, like we don't even question it at a certain point. We do. If you're listening to this, you probably have. But for the most part and most people, there's just no questioning of it. We take this narrative to be the truth of things. And then we we obviously feel like I'm a separate me because that's what the voice in our head is saying. And that's how things look, not just the voice in our head, but it looks again like there's pizza over there cooking and I'm not that pizza. I'm the smeller of the pizza. So there's the mind is in thought is constantly creating separation where where there's me, whoever and whatever that is, and then there's what's being thought about, seen, smelt, tasted, whatever. So this is what we really want to start to look at. Like in a not in an intellectual way. We can do that. We can, we can do that here in a minute. But really, first and foremost, in an experiential way, to get curious, like even just as I was talking about that, <laughs> like, who is this me? Who is the me that's having this thought? Who is the me that's smelling this pizza cooking? Where am I? Where are you? Ask this of yourself. Look, like, who are you? Who are you? When you really start to inquire on this and not just as a mantra, but, but, but use it, play with it, like do something with it. Find yourself, find yourself. Where are you? Who are you and where are you? Where do you, where do you reside? Is there a location? Now, you know, this probably isn't new to many people listening. Maybe it is to some, but often this sense of me and it really just is a sense. This seems like there's a me here. It feels like it's somewhere in the body. Great. Maybe it's in your heart or maybe it's in the head area, behind the eyes, whatever. So go there. Like, is there really a me there? Or, or is that just what it seems like? Who, who and what and where is this Linda who's who these thoughts are so personal about. You know, when when thought shows up and it's talking all about Linda and how she's doing and how things have gone for her and how it's looking and what'll probably happen in the future, who is this Linda character that all of these thoughts are discussing? Where is she? Find her. Who is she? Like, when I look into that, I mean, all kinds of things happen, but often there is a, or there has been a sense of, yeah, it seems like there's a me here. 
And you, again, I'm kind of hesitant to even say too much about this because you really have to do it yourself. It seems like there's a me here, but where can you find her or him? Or like, can you find this sense of me? And even when you, again, you might have this sense of me and say, yeah, I found it. It feels like it's right behind the eyes or the top of the head or wherever and in the stomach. Okay, is that a me? Like, is that, what is that? There's a sensation there. Maybe there's some memories that show up. Maybe there's a, maybe there's a timeline where you, where you kind of have a sense of this was Linda five years ago and Linda today. What, what is that? What is that? That's pictures, images, probably. Maybe some words. Like, what are those? Pull this stuff closer in your experience. Like, see what's actually happening because this is all this is all in thought. See what's happening in thought right there. What? Okay, I think I really have this sense of there's a me, and it feels like it's in these sensations here. And when I think of who am I though, and what what is that me? I get an image of me on my wedding day or last night or whatever. Okay, great. But what is the, what is that? Okay, it's an image. It's some images. It's maybe some feelings. Maybe some other sensations show up. Maybe some words. Maybe some labels show up. If Linda's a nurse, maybe nurse shows up. Okay, so that's all stuff that that thought has kind of lumped with Linda and calls Linda. And when you do this, you'll see it probably changes all the time, I would imagine. Maybe there's some consistent stuff when you're looking for this me, but there's probably different stuff all the time. You know, probably nurse is not the number one thing that pops up or the wedding day is not the number one thing that pops up every single day. It, because it's, because thought is always changing and it's just thought spitting out something that feels associated with this sense of me that is seems like seems like a me here so you do this and then you keep asking the question like but what is that so i have the sense for me i tend to often see this like outline it's not i don't even have a face it's like a faceless outline of a character i mean i don't know how i would even know that's me but like like, what is that? <laughs> okay, so there's an outline of a body? Like, that can't be me. W- what is that? There's all kinds of stuff that will show up. And you just want to keep looking at what that is. And now what is that? And now what is that? And pull it closer and get super curious about who is listening. And, and if these thoughts are feeling personal, well, who's the person that they're about? Who is she? What is she really made of? This is where the whole um, illusion, I guess, of a self as the thinker gets to really kind of get a little fuzzy. And it might take a little while because, again, you have your whole life minus two of of just hearing this and feeling it, feeling the contraction, feeling that sensation behind your eyes or in the stomach or in the heart and kind of feeling like this is me. Those are my feelings. This is about my life. That narrator constantly saying I and me and mine forever, minus two. So, you know, it's a big thing to start to unravel. But when you really look 
and not just take it at face value and be like, oh, that makes sense. There's no, how could I, how could I be separate? You know, like we can do it again intellectually. And it's not that there's no value in this, but there's not a lot of value in that. I think you really want to start to look and see what you find and kind of see, wow, it makes sense that I, that if thought has been saying, I, me, mine forever, this sure going to feel like there's an I, me, mine here, but is there? It doesn't mean there is. We could repeat anything for a bunch of years and associate anything, you know, condition anything for a bunch of years and it's going to start to feel incredibly real, but that doesn't mean it is. And we don't know that until we look at it. And the mind is so smart. It's so good at at keeping this alive, this sense of a me alive and diverting your attention other places that just to think about it and talk about it just has a lot of limitations. So just the whole thing, Linda, that you ask about thought feeling so personal. I know it's crazy because the content of our thinking is all about you right? For each of us, the content of our thinking is all about us. So of course it feels personal. And in that sense, it's totally personal. I mean, it's like the definition of personal. It's all about the person. But what person? Who's the person here? Like, is it that witness you talked about? Is it the character that the witness sees? Is it the little body that seems to have, you know, thought bubbles above its head with thought showing up? Like who is, who even is the person that all this thought is talking about. When it's narrating things, it's in the past or the future. It's almost always or always talking about what happened and what was felt or what might happen. Like that's thought. (laughs) That's thought. So it's just something to get so curious about. Now there's, again, the the mind, ego, whatever you want to call it, thought, it's just so good at kind of keeping itself alive and keeping this sense of me, of a separate me alive that that it'll do that all the time and at any little chance it gets. And, And so thought can feel really personal for a lot of different reasons, I think, or in a lot of different ways. But if we really look at this, like, even if there was a you, even if there's a Linda somewhere, not just a body that people look at and call Linda, but even if there's a true Linda somewhere in the world that's separate from everything else, how could thoughts be yours in any sense? Like, how, how could thoughts belong to that character? How could thoughts belong to any of us? Because we know, I think everyone knows, like, we can't hold on to them. If we could, we'd just hold on to nice thoughts forever. Why wouldn't we? We can't shoo them away or make them change when we're having ones that we don't like. We don't have any real control. We don't cause or prevent them. Now, people will feel like it seems like, notice all the seems like, oh, but it really seems like that's thought. That's thought. Unless you can find evidence for that in your actual experience, seems like means thought. So it seems like we cause our thoughts or we can cause our, you know, most people will say like, oh, I don't cause them all, but sometimes I can, which is such a shifty answer. Like, isn't that convenient? Well, how how the heck would that work? So sometimes you can create and cause thoughts and change thoughts and choose thoughts, 
but then other times you can't. Like now we're just getting super complicated. It doesn't even make sense anymore. But, but it'll feel like, it seems like we can cause thoughts because I could say to you, hey, everybody listening, think about the Eiffel Tower. And probably most of you get a picture of the Eiffel Tower. And so our mind concludes, see, there's my proof. I made you think that we do have some control. It's not proof of that at all. It's just proof of a, I don't know, a conditioned mind. It's just proof of like biology. Like say a word that's been then that's been paired with a picture many times in life and that's going to show up. You know, it's like ring the bell and the dog is going to salivate. Well, that doesn't mean the bell made the dog salivate. It's just conditioning. So we could go deep into that and I won't hear. But again, when the mind is saying, oh, well, it sure seems like I can control my thoughts or that I can choose my thoughts or it sure seems like there's a, there's a me. Yes, it does. Exactly. That's exactly what thought feels like. But outside of thought, is that true? Like, where is the you that's separate, that's the thinker, if we're not using thought to find her? <laughs> like, like where, you know, how, how, just be curious. How, if it feels like I, it seems like I can choose my thoughts, well, how am I doing that? I would love to know, like, how are we, how are we choosing our thoughts? It sure seems like you are, but tell me how. How would you do? What'd you do to make that thought show up? This is where these are really simple questions, but this is where this really starts to break down. And if we're open, we can really start to see, oh, okay. So there's a lot of things that seem like because that's what a conditioned mind says, but I can't actually find find it in my real experience. So I love what you say. I see, this is the, the end of of um, Linda's question. I see that there's the witness, she has in quotes me, the witness me who sees everything about me who just is and who watches my thoughts. <laughs> but the thoughts still feel like me too. Totally. So is this so good? It's so good. So just be curious about that. It seems like there's a witness that's sort of bigger than all of it, bigger than anything happening, bigger than the character of Linda, bigger than the body, all of it. The witness is aware of the Linda character and the body and the thoughts. So the witness is pretty big. Is there something aware of the witness? I don't know. So you check that out and look. But maybe the witness is kind of as big as it feels right now. It's like it's like the screen that the movie plays on, right? It's the, it's the container, the awareness of all of it. And then I just love, because it's just exactly how it feels. There's the witness me. So now there's not just one Linda, there's several Lindas. There's the witness Linda, but then there's the character Linda who has these thoughts. And they're her thoughts. And the witness can be aware of Linda and her thoughts. And Linda can be aware of her own thoughts. But again, as I say that, like just get a feel for how complicated this is getting. The layers upon layers of story and belief and seems like that have to be built into this to kind of keep it going. And just noticing that and starting to look in this direction really starts to to kind of reveal some things or or at least just cast a ton of doubt. I'm not saying it reveals, you know, at least not right away, like with perfect clarity what's real. Not at all. But man, it's such a great place to be in, to be just 
curious and suspicious and all of this to, to not be believing all this seems like to at least say, I don't know. It seems like it, but you know what? When I look, I can't find a me who's thinking these thoughts, who owns them. I just can't find it. And again, that don't take my word for it. Maybe you can try to find it, really try to find it. That's how this is really, really gonna, gonna come to life. So I hope that helps, you know, that on one level, just the fact that thought is narrative and it talks about, it talks in I, me, my language and it's all about us. Like there's 8 billion people on earth and 8 billion little swirls of thought are thinking about that quote unquote person (laughs) that they're showing up for. You know, all of Linda's thought is somehow about Linda. All of Amy's thought is somehow about Amy. Oh my gosh, that's going to feel personal. How you know when you think about it like that? How can you hear this and be flooded with it and say thought isn't personal? But again, that's the content of thought. The content of thought is a hundred percent about the person. No question about that. But who's the person? Where's the person? And what is this thought anyway? Like what even is thought? Pull it in and look at it. Is it pictures? Is it sounds? Is it smells? Like what? What is it? Is an outline of a body that somehow that translates into like a feeling of me? It's all so mysterious. And thought is so good at keeping us away from it. Mind is so good at at just like, oh, don't look over here. That's just confusing. Or I don't like this stuff or whatever it says. And fine, you don't have to look here. But for anyone listening to this, you're interested enough. Like mind will keep you away. It'll try to keep you away. But just to be a little bit curious about all this seems like it's just such an amazing place to be. So I hope that's helpful. And thank you so much, Linda, for sending your question because um, it's, it's definitely a common one. The Little School of Big Change self-study course is an online program designed to help you overcome anxiety and unwanted habits without needing to rely on willpower. It's a course that you can complete completely on your own, at your own pace, in your own time. As my flagship course, the self-study course contains the most complete, thorough teachings of everything I share on Changeable. Go to dramyjohnson.com slash lsbcselfstudy to see more.